Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Teller County Sheriff's Podcast for November 2nd, 2020. Today, we're going to be talking to newly promoted Commander Lad Sullivan. He's with the, our detentions facility, and uh, it's it's myself, Sheriff Mike Commander Sullivan, and Tommy. Commander Sullivan, glad to have you here today. Thank you for having me. You bet. Um, so you're not new to law enforcement. You, you were recently promoted to the commander at the detentions facility, and but you're, you've been around for a while. Correct. Um, I started with the State Patrol in 1991, um, served with the State Patrol for approximately 10 years, and then transferred to the Division of Gaming and was started out as an investigator in Cripple Creek, was promoted to supervisor, and then in 2006 was promoted to agent in charge up in Central City Blackhawk. So you got a lot of road experience and gaming experience and a lot of different things. What what was your favorite so far? When I was younger, I loved working traffic. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Where were you stationed out? In Lamar and then up here in Woodland Park, Colorado Springs. Isn't it kind of flat in Lamar? There's no mountains out there, right? It is. Uh, you, the Camaros, you got to see how fast they go. Okay. So what's the <laughs> highest speed that you've ever clocked out there? I did a VASCAR clock for 9.5 miles at 137 miles an hour. Wow. That was a fun... It, it, it took about 10 miles to catch the guy. What happened to the, you know, what, what was the uh, final resting spot for that gentleman? <laughs> uh, he ended up at the Priors County Jail. Um, he did have a child in the car, so I charged him with child abuse. Oh, my. And, and the speed and reckless driving. Wow. Yeah, I can see the difference. That would be a little funner than sitting behind a desk <laughs> all day. But it does have its rewards, right? Correct. Let's talk a little bit about what your duties are over there at the, the facility. What do you do on a daily basis? What's your day look like? A lot of it's administration. Most of it's administration, actually. Um, making sure everything in the jail runs correctly. From inmate services to personnel issues, administrative staff issues, making sure we have enough food for the inmates. You know, Craig, it's, it's funny. Um, I got a chance to be a jail commander for a while. It was probably the most interesting time in my career because you learn so much more than just law enforcement. You learn how to run a hotel. You run how to do major contracts and negotiations on those things. You work with inmates from every walk of life and every country in the world because we're a nice facility. Um, So you're dealing with things that uh, you would never see anywhere um, except for a jail. So you're, you're almost like a, a State Department, too, to a degree, because you're, you're constantly working with different countries and having to deal with all those things. So the most experience you can ever have to really guide you in a business or into uh, governments is, is the jail. It's, it's, it's an amazing job once you really get in there. So It's probably like being the mayor of a small town, I would imagine. You have to do everything. You have human beings that you have to take care of every need that they have. Correct. And every contingency that could happen. And it does happen. I laugh driving home sometimes at the uh, things that happen in there. It's yeah. entertaining. You know, and it's we have contracts at that jail for food services, for medical services, for laundry services, for the chemicals, the cleaning of vents, and just maintenance contracts. And I mean, you you name, you deal with it. You deal everything from ordering the toilet paper to towels to making sure they have enough toothpaste on hand. And there's different rules that regulate the use of uh, indigent care. You are you're like a small city um, that you that you run constantly. And if anything's out of whack, hey, you hear it from the inmates, you hear it from the outside, you hear it from the different uh, legal entities. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's an interesting position. 
But here's a good thing. You know, Lad does a good job. He's got a great mentor in Stan. Stan ran it for a long time. I ran a jail for a long time. It was, it, for a sheriff, that's the highest liability point in the in the county. It's a constant, you have to stay on top of things all the time. And it really teaches you how to be a, a good command staff. Fortunately for us, Lad has all the experience in the world. And plus, most people don't know it, but I worked with him as a, as a young corporal. And he was in state patrol up here. So we worked together. So getting to see, you know, his high morals and ethics and values of what law enforcement is. And then to have him work with us is even a what a what a great person to have with us. So I've uh, I've had the opportunity to meet some of your some of your staff, some of the personnel working working the jail, and I've been really pretty darn impressed by the by the folks that I've met. Can I ask you to kind of talk about the folks uh, under uh, your direction? It's a unique environment that some of the uh, officers are post certified and some of them are not. A lot of them are just starting out in law enforcement, wanting to see if this is the career they want to go in. And um, not having people that are not post-certified, some unique training challenges. Um, They haven't been through an academy to learn the liabilities and all that. So it's basically on-the-job training for them. Of course, the post-certified people, and a lot of times people, once they use the jail as a stepping stone to get out into patrol, and once you get in there and you find out, it is pretty fun. I've... I was surprised when I got in there exactly how much fun I was having. But yeah, really unique crew, ages from in the 60s all the way down to early 20s. And when you start throwing all those dynamics and different backgrounds and all that together, it's difficult but fun. One of, one of the things that I heard was that uh, it's a great place to, if you haven't really lived a life where you've had to exercise a commanding presence, it's a great place to kind of develop that before you go out onto patrol and, and have to start dealing with the public in that kind of a role. I'm assuming there's validity to that? Yes, there is. Um, you get tried every day by the, by the inmates. If you give them a pencil one time, they test you. And you just have to know the rules and where to draw the line, and that's it. The nice thing about the jail is it teaches deputies how to talk to people respectfully and work together with them to achieve your solution. So for jail detention deputies to learn that, understand those behaviors before they start, and how to deal with those things and how to talk to people and work through problems, not giving an inch, but... Um, believing the other side, believing that they've gained a mile. And, and that's, that's something that's a lost art for us as a sheriff's department. I think that's one thing sheriff's departments have over police departments in a lot of ways is that you have that training ground on just how to talk to people before they get introduced to the, to the streets. And in the jail, you hear of all their problems, not only their legal problems that they're going through, but their family problems, mm. you know, problems with their kids or their parents or their spouse or whatever. You really become a good communicator, learn how to de-escalate situations just through talking before you have to take any further steps. And, and a lot of people think, well, if you go to jail, you're a bad person. That's not the case. A lot of these people had made a bad decision at a certain time in their life when they were at their lowest. And really, they just need a helping hand to get back to where they need to be. And and really, by treating them with respect and kindness, um, they find out that not everybody's against them. So a lot of time, those detention deputies are who they see and they deal with, and they learn to become productive members of the community again through those experiences. Because we're a small community, so you see them back on the streets, and it takes something to learn for the deputies that, hey, you're not going to hold that against them, that they're just made a mistake. Any one of us can make a mistake on any given day and end up in the same position. Now, you have others that are career criminals. They have worked the system. They are in the system. They are problems for communities that um, need a lot more supervision. And you get to know them very quickly because they also try to take advantage of people inside the jail. They feed on people. 
those that's something that, that you learn to watch for and know those signs of someone. So it's a great learning ground. Yeah. And that and that and that to us is a goal. And I know that Lad and Stan and his crew, that that's what we strive for. We want to help people. We don't want to hurt people. And the thing is, is if we can treat them with respect and kindness in there and, and to where they can walk out the next day and feel like they they still have that dignity that they, they should have, um, that they're, they're going to do better. I think it happens more in the jail than it did when we worked the road. Um, only a couple times working the road, you'd run into somebody years later, hey, that night it was horrible, but you changed my life. But now at Walmart or the grocery store or whatever, uh, people that have been in the facility have come up, hey, thanks for treating me like a person. Yeah. And that doesn't always happen in jails and in prisons. So, you know, for, for us, I'm, I'm so happy that we can, we can be that way with our inmates. The funny thing is too, is the food's actually good over there. I was just going to ask about there's, the food. There's a lot of people <laughs> that give us crap over the food, but I go, you get three squares a day and it's actually very well made. Now the, the meat is different. It's what we call schmeat. It's not really <laughs> yummy. Um, because of laws and dietary programs, it's kind of like an Oscar Mayer hot dog, kind of. That's everything. It could be steak tomorrow or it could be uh, ground beef today. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, but uh, all it's the meals different. Are, all the meals are nutritious. They're balanced out. There's there's someone, on, obviously, that, that puts these things together and makes sure that they get all their uh, daily vitamins and uh, nutrition. Yes. We have uh, three meals a day, two hot meals, breakfast and lunch are hot. Dinner is a bag lunch with a sandwich and so on. Uh, we are a pork-free facility. All we serve is turkey. Regardless of what it is, it, is, it is turkey. <laughs> 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 and I have eaten it, and it's good. I thought there was a, I thought there was a certain night of the week where you did something a little di- different, maybe two nights a week. On Saturday nights, we have pizza night. Saturday's um, yeah. pizza. The uh, inmates can – we make an order through a local pizza company. The inmates order pizza, and we – serve out pizza on Saturday nights. The thing with inmates is, is they're there to, you know, spend their time and do what's right for the, the what the judge has given them as their time in jail. But that doesn't mean that they just stop living, right? So we do provide them with things to where they can feel somewhat comfortable. The jail is never going to be a comfortable place. But, you know, on nights like that, they, they do get something. If you're going to discipline, you have to reward. You know, they may get the Bronco game on Sundays if the Broncos are playing. They may get, you know, whatever is popular on those nights. And, uh, I mean, we have a few TV channels, not many, but we have a few. And we may reward them by giving them those those special. Now, we only play Broncos because we're in Bronco country. It's too bad. That's what do we do. But uh, <laughs> if you want to watch the Jets, yeah, you can't watch them here. <laughs> but uh, I'm kidding about that if you're a Jets fan. But, uh, you know, really, that, that's what we try to do. We try to give them the things. If there's specials on the, uh, about the presidential election and they want to see that, hey, we, we allow them to see those things. There's still a world that goes on outside that facility, and they want to keep up on those current sides of things. So that's a good thing. So you did mention earlier we do hold ICE inmates. Is there something that you can talk about to let people know that they're treated just as fairly and, and with re- just as much respect as anyone else that, that is there? All inmates are treated the same. They, they all have certain rights and that they're allowed. We just went through an ICE inspection. Um, we did very well on that inspection. They're treated no different. So they, they could either go through their hearings and be deported or released. However, the U.S. government and the judges deem fit. That's their decisions, not ours. We are just the holding facility. And uh, the one good thing is, is that for the most part, we've had a few that, that cry that, hey, we're, we're not feeding them right. Or, you know, they're not happy with the fact they don't have an iPad or those types of things. Well, that's, that's too bad. We're a jail. Um, we give them everything they need. They do get good meals. 
they do get treated very well. Um, we pass our audits flying colors. The other side of it is we've had several that have come, folks that have come through, good people, that have basically said, you treated me better than anywhere I've ever been. So we have that too. Um, about the only time we really have issues is if they've worked it out with ACLU to cause an issue. Um, that That's really where we see problems and, and that continues and that will continue because we're a targeted facility by those folks. So um, it is what it is. I think that's an important point. ICE does inspections. Uh, how often do they? Currently, we're on. It's one every 180 days that they do an inspection. So they're coming in at a, on a regular basis, checking to make sure that all the procedures are being followed, that people are being taken care of and respected. And I think that's important to note. And one of the unique things is that is that the inspectors actually sit down and interview the ICE inmates, and we never get any complaints. So they're not just taking the employees' words; they're actually talking to these inmates. Correct. There, there is no difference in how we treat people. You know, and actually you have an ICE agent that's actually in the building five to seven days a week. Yep. Uh, any issues that folks have, they immediately goes to ICE and then they, they ask us. And we have very few issues. I bet you we have less issues than most facilities across the country. Earlier we were talking about families. What is the process for families to come in, see their inmates, uh, and what can they expect once they come on site? We don't have any face-to-face meetings anymore. Uh, all, the vi- all the visitation is done through a system called HomeWave. Um, what it is, the inmate sets up an account. Uh, the family member, friend, whatever it is, sets up an account. And uh, either the inmate can put money on the account or the family. And it's like a, a Zoom meeting or a chat or type scenario. You can watch it on your phone, from your computer, wherever you are in the world. I actually uh, helped a guy from Nigeria the other day set up his account so he could talk to an inmate. You can be voice calls or it can be a video call. Um, We do have two home wave stations in the lobby of the jail. If family members or whoever comes in, schedules an appointment, comes in, they can do the visitation right there and it's free. There is no charge. So that, that sounds very COVID safe. Yes. It is, and it's hands-off. It's very easy. The system works very well. Um, and the nice thing is is that they can talk whenever they want then, right? So they, if you have family members that want to talk more than once a day or you're worried about a family member, you can set up those calls with them um, 24 hours a day, basically. Well, Other whenever than, they're out of their pods, yeah. so up until about, what, 10 o'clock? 10, 11 o'clock, depending on what day it is, and then from 7 in the morning. So they can actually get more communication done with their families. And that's important to us. We want them to be able to speak with their families and communicate. It, it also cuts down a lot of our issues within the jail because then they're not so worried about meeting with family. Family members don't have to drive a long ways to come and see them. They can see them on the, the home wave. And because of COVID, where we can't allow people to have that, that communication anyways, this has actually helped in a lot of ways. So it's kept uh, our jail pretty much COVID free. You know, we, we do have a lot of COVID countermeasures that, that have made our facility very safe. You know, right now, I think we're, we're a model jail for the COVID issue. So I think in, in closing for me, one of the things is we really appreciate Lad being here. I think he's helped influence our young folks in law enforcement um, and really a good person to run the jail and just uh, do so many things to help this agency. So we still, uh, it's, it's funny, this agency has a combined years of service in a command position of close to 200 some years. I mean, everybody has at least 25 years of service uh, from lieutenant and above in this agency and out and abroad that brings really good influences to the sheriff's office and creates just uh, an agency with, with a lot of a depth. And uh, we just can't do that without people like Lad and others. And we'll just uh, keep doing it. It's, it's been wonderful.
Oh, and uh, before we get out of here, uh, one last admin note, HomeWave. I'm going to put the, the link to that in the show notes. So if you have an individual that you'd like to visit there, you can do so. Commander Sullivan, we really appreciate you coming in today. Thank you. You can join us next time when we're on. Tommy will let you know. This podcast was made possible by the Teller County Honorary Deputy Sheriff Association. The HDSA is a nonprofit organization dedicated to increasing public safety and awareness by providing safety and survivability equipment to deputies and posse members, administering public events like Shop with a Hero, and enabling information programs like this podcast. For more information, you can find the HDSA website at tellercountyhdsa.org.